crypto is deeper than money. It's deeper than wealth. You know, it's deeper than, uh, it's deeper than, you know, than sticking it to the man and like building independently and decentralization. Um, this is a spiritual thing, you know, uh, and I encourage people to, to view it that way and to interface with it in that way. to the passion behind the art show. It's all about diving in with individuals to learn the story behind their passion. It's your host, Daryl Penn. What's up? Thank you for stopping by. You're in for a treat. Remember to check out my newest project, flyteddy.com. Flyteddy.com. Now, time for this week's episode. All right, I'm beyond excited to have Visioneer on the Passion Behind the Art Show, producer, songwriter, overarching creative director. Welcome. What's up, brother? It's good to be here. Thank you so much for taking the time. For sure. Um, yeah, excited today, man. Really excited. All right, so we got connected through the NFT space, but like kind of digging back into your journey, it didn't start there for you. Kind of... Let's talk about how this whole journey started for you. Yeah. Um, wow. So for me, really, my, my journey in, uh, into sort of like crypto, uh, that's really where, I, where it came from. Like I started just understanding blockchain technology. So um, I, as a musician, I was uh, just looking for new ways to get my music out there. And I had stumbled across Audius on Twitter. And uh, that was sort of my first foray into just understanding the world of crypto and sort of like the, the tenants of, of the, the space. Um, I was really just, just working to bring, uh, you know, more black artists to, to audience. Cause I, I am a, a black artist. I'm a cishet black man. So um, my focus as visionaire was just trying to, um, you know, set a standard and also be sort of a beacon for artists who were kind of caught between, you know, traditional web two infrastructure and they're looking for something new looking for something different. Uh, so that was the beginnings of it. And of course, you know, for my early adoption of Audius, I was rewarded with with tokens, with with their their social token audio. Um, and that was really the first time I had ever really received something uh, that I felt was equivalent to the work that I had put in and the emphasis that I had put on, um, on a, you know, on a platform, right? I had never had a platform you know, pay me basically like in, in, in a, a form of equity, you know, for my contributions to said platform. So that was a game changer. And I was like, okay, this is what it should feel like. You know, when people say you get out what you put in, this is what it really actually looks like, you know, and that was sort of the thing that got me uh, hooked onto learning more about blockchain technology. And then shortly after that, uh, over the, uh, the lockdowns, I got on audience in like maybe 2019, um, so about a year after that, um, 
you know, during the lockdown, I really started to dive into, you know, into NFTs and what that is, you know, once I understood the connection and sort of like the, uh, the provenance that you can create with NFTs, there was just another light bulb went off my head of like, okay, social tokens, blockchain technology, NFTs, these, these, these three things, this is how, this is how we, uh, how we change things, right, for the better, and how we create um, this sort of new paradigm. So that was sort of my my basic foray into it. And um, you know, shout out to homies uh, at uh, at Future Modern because that was sort of my first like crypto group that I was a part of. Gotcha. Um, shout out, shout out, Float. Um, you know, an amazing music DAO that I joined uh, in um, in the beginning of 2021. Uh, one of the the original members of of Float. Um, yeah, man. You know, just you know, just just getting active you know those, those two play those two sort of dials were like my first foray into it but um yeah i just want to want to shout out the people who kind of gave me the groundwork as well i like that i like that so how did this how did the music interest start for you and i'm kind of pushing it even way back how did you get into music yeah um so music was something i had always been interested in you know as you know at a young age i was i was teaching myself you know to um uh, to read music. I was teaching myself to play piano a little bit. Uh, and, uh, basically, yeah, you know, making beats for me was sort of like the, uh, the catalyst, I guess you could say, once I understood that you could, you know, uh, create on a computer and you have like infinite sounds and like, you know, I can kind of design things the way that I want. uh, I got hooked, you know, uh, and this was probably in, I want to say probably middle school, you know, I was like, I was maybe like 11, or 12 when I really started getting into making beats. Um, I'm in, I'm, I'm almost 30 now. So, you know, it's been, been a long time. Uh, but yeah, you know, from, from there, from sort of just developing my own sort of skill set, um, you know, I spent, of course, I spent a lot of time by myself as a kid. So I, I sort of, I wasn't really collaborating as often. So I, I really, you know, spent a lot of my time sort of, you know, crafting uh, a unique sound, you know, one that was sort of, um, uh, you know, special to me as an individual. Uh, and eventually that, that, uh, actually helped me get signed. Uh, I was signed to a major, uh, in high school actually, uh, for, an, for about three years. Um, so nice. yeah, so that's, yeah, that's sort of like my trajectory into music. You know, it was just something, it started, honestly, it started as a hobby and then it became a passion and then it became, you know, for a little bit of time, it became like a, a full blown, you know, profession where I was signed to a major. Um, and then once I got out of that deal, uh, that's when I really started to kind of cultivate, um, you know, visionaire. And like, I started to design sort of like this project that I'm, that I'm kind of pushing uh, really hard now. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of like, like an overview of like how I got into music. I like that. I like that. So you were signed earlier on. How was, what, yeah. what was that experience like? Yeah, it was tough, man. I was, you know, um, I was a kid, you know, so I, I definitely wasn't as knowledgeable about the business side as I probably should have been. Um, you know, my, my, my parents are not, you know, from the industry. They're not like, uh, you know, they didn't have jobs in the industry, you know, prior to having me, they were like normal parents. So there was a lot that I, um, uh, I had to gain while I'm trying to navigate creating music. Right. Because, um, I just didn't have the people around me to protect me from the sharks, you know, to protect me from being misled, you know, to, to, to read contracts. You know, I had the lawyers that I had were, they were lawyers at the label. Right. 
So mm. of course they're gonna tell me, yeah, sign this. Yeah, you're fine. You do, do yeah, do this. You're gonna be all right. You know, we got you. Uh, and that wasn't necessarily the case all the time. So um, yeah. So long story short, you know, my um, my my first sort of deal, uh, you know, major deal was tough. It was it was a, it was challenging, man. You know, I I fought a lot of the time I was signed just to do the things that I thought I wanted to do right? Because I had people who had their own idea and their own agenda as it pertains to, uh, to me, you know? So, uh, the label basically was trying to get me to, they wanted me to be like, you know, like the black Justin Bieber. (laughs) And I was like, you know, I wanted to create theme songs for black people. You know, I was like, yo, you like, I got to hear this. Like, you know, we, like, we need this music, you know, like, like this is a part of our culture. I can do so much if, if I had the opportunity to just kind of take a risk and make music that speaks to a very specific demographic. And, you know, the label was kind of like, I had an executive literally tell me this, say, um, yo, listen, you know, music just makes you cool enough to sell products. This, 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 this um, focus and passion you have, um, it's not going to help you. It's not going to get the bills paid. It's not going to make you no money. Worry about that after you get the money, you know? But right now you need to do what we're telling you to do, right? Because this is how you're going to remain relevant you know, relevant enough to maybe do those things later, you know? Um, so it was, a, yeah, it was, it was, uh, a lot of, um, a lot of shocking realizations about the industry, uh, coming up in, in high school, you know, high school and, and sort of like my freshman year of college being, uh, being signed. Yeah. That's some interesting stuff. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to kind of hear that, especially when, it was clear that you were in that deep passion phase. It was still like, you know what I mean? You were in that deep hobby passion phase. You weren't really necessarily, you know, there's a switch when you get into a, a professional phase where you kind of balance in profession, being a professional and at the same time, the passion. So it was kind of, I guess it was kind of hard to kind of hear some of that. Yeah. When you're, when you're, especially when you're in the development deal, cause that's where I was at. Right. I was in a, I was in a deal where I was around people that, you know, they weren't complete strangers. I had known them, you know, and they were sort of like, you know, grooming me to be a certain type of artist. So um, it's it's tough because you there's a part of you that, especially when you're younger, you know, you want to prove, right? So you want to prove that you're talented. You want to also make the people around you proud. You know, like like my family is a great example of like, you know, I, I'm I'm looking at this as, not just, of course, it's a hobby and it's a passion, but then there's also like, yo, you know, I have an opportunity to change the economic, you know, uh, situation in my, in my life, like for my family. Right. Uh, so this is like an opportunity that sort of extends beyond me. And then you get to this point where it's like, okay, well, in order to fulfill some of these, um, these goals or, or as we say now, you know, in order to break some of these generational curses, you know, uh, and, and really change the narrative in your, in your, in your life and your family's life, you have to give up the things that are most precious to you, right? Your integrity, right? You have to give up, you know, your self image, right? You no longer control what you wear or what, how your hair is cut or, you know, all those things you have to, you have to sacrifice those things in order to achieve some semblance of success, some semblance of like measurable success. And um, that, that trade off a lot of artists, especially a lot of black artists, uh, coming from situations where they're economically disenfranchised, um, that is the choice that they're constantly being forced to make, right? It's like, live to see another day, 
or <laughs> you know uh, yeah, don't do what we're telling you to do yeah yeah so it, it definitely uh one of the toughest challenges in my life you know uh, mm-hmm. was saying no saying no to that renegotiation and and uh and going independent again you know that's interesting so how how has it been independent so far yeah independence has been great you know uh of course you know the the opportunities the looks are not as big as they were you know when i was when i was kind of stepping into you know the majors and i'm you know opening for artists like Chrisette Michelle and Rick Ross like at the super duper heights of their careers and whatnot um but i think what's what's more interesting especially now that i'm in you know uh sort of like the web3 space with you know nfts and uh blockchain technology um what's fascinating is that the the goalposts have moved and and the barrier to entry is a, is a lot lower um so when you're you know when you're signed the goal is like okay we need to ret- we need to return we need to return on our investment which sometimes can be you know 2 3 4 5 600,000 a million 1.2 1.5 million dollars right nice. and that's money that like you'll spend a you'll spend a large portion of your deal paying that back right um and the interest on that depending on what kind of deal you you uh you uh, you sign so um that means that you got to reach the absolute maximum saturation number of people which sometimes can be like you know you got to do you got to tour for a year and change you know two years to be able to pay back that that return on investment whatever the label put into you know to create your budget for your for your album or to um you know say send you on that tour in certain cases um you it takes a lot to pay that back and and in in web3 the barrier to entry is like okay you know what what supplement your income so okay i make you know $1600 a month or $2000 a month it's like okay well you know if you make $2000 a month get you know 20 people to pay you $200 right uh every quarter and that's like a start to like just replacing your income 200 people is way less than a million right and it's way and in certain cases depending on the caliber of the artist and their fan base and the work that they put into the fan base right so now it just becomes like okay my my core fan base now i just have to scale my core fan base rather than like with music it's like okay we got to get in we got to get this song in new markets we got to we have to test new demographics we got to you know we got to get you out to london and see if see if people out in london rock with you like it's this constant you know uh uh spend right this marketing spend um, so that's one of the things that I really enjoy about being independent, especially as an artist that's in Web3 is like, I decide what the metrics are and how much money is success and how much money is failure, right? Um, and that's a beautiful thing because it just takes the stress out of the equation in a lot of a lot of instances. Right, so as a musician, I'm trying to, because I, I still don't think, you can tell me if I'm wrong, because you're in this space and this genre more than me. I feel like the opportunities and the just the whole pool for music has not really been unlocked yet when it comes to NFT. Yeah, no, I don't I don't think it has either. I think there are some really interesting use cases um of NFTs and music that are informing people of its power um and and specifically of its monetary of monetary power and monetary value. Uh, but I don't think that something has happened yet where uh, there's been like a, a really, really transformative, like, you know, um, 
uh, sort of like hit project that like comes out and just takes the the NFT space by storm. I don't think that's happened yet. So, um, but I do think that um, leading up to whatever that project is or whoever that artist is, I do think that um, all of the use cases that we're seeing, they are, um, you know, slowly but surely dismantling the idea, right? And the appeal or the allure of being signed to a major label or even to a, an independent label because artists are able to use NFTs to crowdfund their own projects, right? Um, like like uh, this cat, Ibn, uh, Ibn Inglor, who literally, you know, he raised 20 ETH uh, mm-hmm. for, uh, for his album, right? For his album called Danger Zone. You know, you have, and then you have cats like um, my other friend, uh, Halik Mall, who raised 56 ETH on four WAV files on catalog uh, for his inner project. So um, these, two, these two examples, they they completely did they completely dismantle the record label concept of like signing a deal and that record label basically giving you the worst loan in world history. <laughs> <laughs> like it's basically what it is. They're giving Facts. you a loan that you have to pay back in interest before you ever see any sort of financial gain. Um, and on top of that, um, you're you're perpetually indebted to them. You're perpetually in contract. Right. Uh, based on uh, their own their own sort of machinations of whether or not you fulfilled your your agreement with them. Mm. Right. Um, so. Uh, so, th- yeah, those two artists, you know, literally they're they're as we as we said, you know, jokingly, they're, they signed to the community. Right. They're like, yo, I'm not signing no deal. I'm a sign to the community. Mm. And I'm a crowdfund with the people who are listening to my music already or the people who rock with me already right, in the Web3 space. So um, I think w- all we're going to see are more um, more approaches at dismantling the original concept of how music projects are funded and uh, how artists actually get their dreams out uh, at high production value, right? It's not going to look like taking loans and, and signing deals anymore. It's going to look like community crowdfunds where you're offering utility in exchange for, uh, you know, for uh, access to finances. You know, so I think the future is very bright for music NFTs. I don't know if you um heard this quote from Gary V. I'm pretty sure you're familiar with Gary V. Yep. Um, that the by flipping the script in terms of the artist getting eighty percent and now the customers getting twenty percent. You, did you hear that? Did you hear that quote versus like the record label getting eighty percent and the artist getting twenty percent? Just kind yeah, of, yeah. Did did you hear that quote? Yeah, I'm familiar with it. Okay, I was just trying to figure out like just on pure maybe you could enlighten me on pure okay. execution or just the technical side. Like how how would that even be possible? Yeah, I mean, it's it's it really is at the at the discretion of the artist who's who's you know orchestrating their their sort of raise or sale. Mm. Um, the the thing that the thing right now that is is um, is is I think the thing that people are trying to figure out right now is how to present these new these new concepts for creating projects without it seeming uh, or without it appearing to be a security. Right. You run into issues with the SEC, right? Which is where you, now we get into the difference between like value and utility, right? So mm-hmm. offering people value, specifically monetary value, can you can get into a dicey situation with the SEC, especially the more successful the project becomes. 
um, uh, and the more visible it becomes, right? Uh, but if you offer utility, right? So um, like one of the things that I think is really cool that, you know, um, Halik Mall is doing is, you know, he's offering access to merch, right? Where if you are a fractional owner of these, of any one of these four records that he put on catalog, um, you get free merch, you get to sort of, you get your pick of the litter, basically, of the, um, the products that he'll be uh, releasing in support of this album. So that's like a utility, it, it's giving you something that's really cool, that you basically sort of paid for with your contribution to uh, his inner project, right? Yeah. So um, it's not like I'm giving you cold, hard crypto or cash, right. right? You're getting something that does have this, you know, it does have intrinsic value because the the merchandise that he'll be creating as an example for his project will be limited edition merchandise. Only certain people will have it, right? Uh, so it will have intrinsic value and it will have provenance on the blockchain, um, but it is something that literally offers you, right, uh, basically merchandise rather than, right, cold, hard, right, just straight up money. So um, I think there are ways uh, to continue to do that. Um, you know, the project that I'm putting together for 2022, which is a music video, um, that will be basically crowdfunded and also um, crowd design. Um, you know, the focal point is I'm giving people who will participate in this project the ability to decide what characters in the music video will actually look like, right? How they will be dressed, right? So the utility in it is that you are thereby an associate producer if you are participating in the acquisition of these songs, right? So you're an associate producer and um, there will also be merit related to redistributing those funds, but redistributing them uh, to DAOs, where DAOs can now decide how to allocate these funds within their treasury um, mm. for future projects or for, for collaborations with me, which will more than likely happen. So instead of giving money directly to people, right, saying, hey, this video sold for $10,000 and you're, everybody is going to get $500 of this, that's a, that's a securities issue. But allocating funds to DAOs that are aligned with me, that believe in what I'm doing and, and, and support the advancement of black and brown people in Web3, now I have the ability to support these DAOs and add to their treasuries and start conversations on what we can do next uh, to further enrich our communities, right? So um, these are the ways in which I think, um, I think music NFTs and just the utility of NFTs can be applied to, uh, to music uh, in ways that are, um, uh, in ways that don't upset the SEC, I guess is the, <laughs> is the way I would put it. Yeah. It was just kind of interesting when I heard that quote, I mean, it sounds amazing, but just like the execution just kind of was just like, how would you even pull this off? But, um, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's definitely ways around it, but you know, it's just, it was just, it took my mind. I couldn't wrap my mind around how would you pull that off at the moment without yeah. like, any issues you know what i mean yeah yeah it's definitely that 20 percent could be anything you know it right. could be you right, can redistribute right, right. that 20 percent in lots of different ways yeah i think uh but i think the best way is uh and the most successful way as we've seen uh in nfts is the more that you involve the community in, in decision making processes um or significant parts of the project um the better the better reaction you have when people feel you know, emotionally connected to uh, to a, a, a PFP project, um, you know, or a collectible project, there's um, there's greater interaction. And then ultimately there are greater financial rewards because um, interaction is what drives value, right? Everything 
everything is speculative, right? The U.S. dollar is speculative, you know, um, Apple products, right? Jordans, um, you know, all these things are speculative. They are given intrinsic value based on community speculation. Um, so we can change the value, the monetary value of things based on our continued engagement and interaction with that thing. We don't have to lead with saying that if you buy these Yeezys, right, you'll be able to double your money on the secondary. That's already implied. It's a Ye it's Yeezy, right? It's Kanye. I know what this sneaker is. I know there are people who will pay way more money than what I'm paying for for this sneaker. All I have to do is, right, participate, is engage, right? Be, you know, uh, uh, submit that raffle ticket for Adidas or, you know, whatever, and get that sneaker. And then I know what to do with it after, right? So I think, um, yeah, leading with, leading with value, leading with money is not the way. You know, it's about making something really, really awesome that people want to be a part of and the money will come, you know. I love that. I love that. So I know you touched on it a little bit, but talk a little bit about what you have going on, some of the stuff you have um, on the horizon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the, the probably the, the most important thing um, would relate to this album that I released actually in July of this year called Flora. So Flora has been sort of my stepping off point from web two into web three. Um, you know, Flora is, is basically an album, uh, as I said before, I've, I'm actually living my dream and creating music uh, that exists as theme songs for, for black and brown people. So Flora is an album that just celebrates um, black joy, um, you know, futurity and, uh, and, and also just, you know, um, self, you know, so a really, really awesome album, eight songs. And I'm preparing to actually do a crowdfund for one music video um, for one of the eight songs on that album. Uh, it's going to be a catalog mirror uh, uh, crowdfund, um, you know, where the community that participates in the acquisition of these songs will actually get to participate in uh, the creation of the idea for this music video. Um, so that's that's one of the things. And then uh, the the other stuff I'm doing on sort of like the the equity side of Visionaire, because that you know the music and sort of like the messaging is like the compassion side. The equity side, uh, I'm working very diligently with the Crypto Cookout, uh, which is uh, a collective of Black artists, uh, and we're dedicated to collecting, you know, um, high-profile NFTs that are representative of, um, you know, uh, the Black experience. So we started off by collecting two Black crypto punks, uh, whom we affectionately named Holly and Tiara, and uh, we're getting ready to collect even more digital assets and actually create. Um, content with these digital assets uh, where we give them stories and personalities um, but but we're actually developing liquidity uh, for these uh, for these assets for these digital assets so that's another thing I'm working on and then the third thing uh, is really just developing out a um, an interview series that I'll be doing on Twitter spaces uh, with just some of the best artists in web 2 and web 3 um, specifically music artists but all artists you know visual, 3D animation, graphic design, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, yeah, the focus is just to have more meaningful conversation around um, just the creative process and also um, introducing uh, new music to the Web3 community, right? And, and really bringing in uh, uh, just a higher caliber of artists, um, you know, to, uh, to this, this Web3 space and, uh, and really just getting their Genesis projects off and um, sharing, you know, sharing really, really great content with the community. So, um, and that's going to be called uh, that's going to be called Vision X. 
Uh, so it's going to be like Vision X, you know, whoever the artist is. So yeah, so those are the, the kind of like the main things I'm working on. A lot of this stuff uh, will be kind of getting started this week. And um, the crowdfund for the music video on my album will start in December. Um, so it's going to be a busy end of the year for me. It sounds like a lot, but it's awesome at the same time. Definitely um, very interesting um, endeavors. Yeah, appreciate you. All right, so let's jump into some fun questions. All right, what is that thing that you can't live without that's not your phone? Mm, okay, the thing I can't live without. I would probably say, um, I'd probably say my water bottle. Um, I have, yeah, I drink a lot of water. I stay hydrated. Um, and I actually have a really, really cool water bottle. So I have a Lark bottle that basically, uh, it has a UV light in the cap. Uh, mm. So basically, yeah, you put water in it um, and you put the cap on it and you hit the button on top and it actually disinfects the water and the, the actual inside of the bottle. Wow. Um, so that's my little... Yeah, I love gadgets. So that's my, that's like one of my favorite gadgets. And then what's dope about it is the bottle is, um, the, the top of the bottle is big enough to put like a water filter, like a small water filter in there. So I, I always have like filtered purified water wherever I go. Mm. And that is, yeah, that's very important to me. Um, I love that bottle. So, yeah. It's interesting. Never heard of anything like that, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, I recommend, I highly recommend checking it out. They have some cool products. And, uh, and the science behind it is actually really dope, too. It actually does work. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's that's one. I have so many gadgets, but that's like my <laughs> my all-time favorite gadget. All right, book recommendations. Ah, uh, okay. One or so two, the no, book that no, I, no pressure. Yeah, yeah, the book that I've been reading most recently, I would say, is uh, this book called Carefrontation. Um, so, like, Confrontation. But instead of C-O-N, you just put care in front of that. Mm. So uh, Carefrontation is actually a book um, written by an amazing, amazing uh, um, inner child uh, specializing therapist. And the focus of that book is really just navigating uh, your childhood trauma and also navigating your relationship with your parents and, and how to, one, um, reconcile within yourself so that you can be complete and whole. And two, uh, you know, the beginning stages of preparing to reconcile with your parents, right? And being able to communicate and either rekindle or um, develop, you know, a meaningful relationship uh, with, with your parents. So I've been reading that book, um, you know, mainly uh, because I'm, I'm definitely like getting to a place where I'm experiencing success. I'm experiencing a lot of the, the the dreams I've always wanted to to uh, to be real in terms of just being a part of a community and being connected to people. And as a thought leader, especially related to music and NFTs, I know that um, you know the the more complete and the more whole that I can be as a person, as a as a human being, the better I can uh, I can you know service my community and and be and be the leader that I think some people kind of see me as. Um, so it's all about self-improvement basically, but that inner child work is a, is a, a huge component of how we, uh, interact with the world around us, you know? So that's one, one book that I highly recommend everybody uh, to read. Dude, that sounds extremely fascinating. Yeah, it's a good book. I'll actually retweet it, uh, and I'll DM it to you yeah. uh, so you can share it. Yeah. You can share it with your community on Twitter. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it sounds super cool, man. All right, any parting shots, any last words for those who 
are in the NFT space and especially for those who are not? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I, I've been saying periodically uh, when I do get the opportunity to speak to people about Web3 is, um, you know, Web3 is not so much a destination as it is a conduit or a, uh, a transportation device, a vehicle to get us to where we want to go. And I think where we where we want to go as um, as a people, where we want to go as um, as a race, you know, as especially as the human race, I think is is toward enlightenment. Uh, you know, so I, I see Web three as you know rather than it being, and it definitely is one of the greatest you know redistributions of wealth that we probably will ever see in our in our lifetimes, um, and in, at least in this generation. Um, I think it's less about money than it is about, you know, channeling uh, and manifesting the things that we truly want, right? Um, as I was saying before, like these projects, they're not so much about the monetary value that they offer uh, than they are the community that they develop and that they that they enrich. Um, that's really what makes what makes anything worth doing, right? So um, I think Web three is really a reminder. Um, for uh, for us as to what is really, really important. Um, I, I liken it to uh, when we experience loss in our families, right, or, or among our friends, when someone passes on, it's it almost reframes life. Like there are things, when you hear that somebody died and it's like a surprise to you, there are things that are like, wait, this isn't as important as I thought it was. I need to refocus. I need to like shift my life and get back to, and we never know what we're getting back to. We just know that, <laughs> right? Right? We're 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 readjusting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To to feel more secure, um, to focus on the things that matter. Thanks. But what we're really adjusting is we're adjusting to enlightenment. We're adjusting to the reminder that there's something bigger than you know going to this job every day and just like uh, running through the going through the motions. There's something bigger than you know, starting an argument or getting in a fight over something minuscule, right? Um, it's like we we refocus to the bigger picture. And I think Web3 is just a, one gigantic refocus on community, right? And enlightenment and, uh, you know, and actually um, less about money and more about enrichment, like actually enriching the people that you want this project to be in the hands of, right? So um, that, those are my parting words, you know, it's just, you know, to remind people that crypto is deeper than money. It's deeper than wealth. You know, it's deeper than, uh, it's deeper than, you know, than sticking it to the man and like building independently and decentralization. Um, this is a spiritual thing, you know, uh, and I encourage people to, to view it that way and to interface with it in that way. Mm, I like that. I like that. I like that for sure. Where can people go to find you, learn more about you? Yeah, um, my website, uh, www.visionaire, and visionaire is spelled V-S-N-A-I-R-E.com. Uh, so that's where you can find, like, all my music, um, you know, a little bio on, you know, what Visionaire is, uh, you know, and all my socials and all that stuff are there as well. Uh, and I'm uh, my social media, everything is the same. It's, it's V-S-N-A-I-R-E. Um, you know, on Instagram, it's V-S-N-A-I-R-E with a little underscore. Twitter is just uh, V-S-N-A-I-R-E. And I'm everywhere you like to listen to music. Um, Visionaire, correctly spelled, um, is uh, just with the with the vowels is V-I-S-I-O-N-N-A-I-R-E. So if you look me up, 
um, on on Apple Music, Spotify, Title. I'm my music is there as well. And um, yeah, yeah, just look for the Lotus Flower whenever whenever you're looking looking for for me, and you know you found the right visionaire. Nice, and everything will also be in the show notes for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, man, I want to say thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, to chat with me. And, and this is such a wonderful podcast. Um, I'm really, really honored to be uh, to be a part of it. Dude, it's the honor is mine. It was a pleasure having you on kind of hearing, you know, some of the genesis of your project, your story, and kind of seeing where you're taking it and where you're heading towards. Yeah, definitely. More, more awesome things on the horizon for sure. And I look forward to uh, staying in touch and sharing my progress with you brother yeah definitely man i'm i'm for that for sure I'm, I'm i'm still pretty new in in this space but like it's just like any other tapping into any other space man you serve it and it will serve you absolutely absolutely man. yeah yeah thank you for listening to this week's episode Feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts because it really helps out the podcast. Remember to check out my latest project, flyteddy.com. Until next time, be blessed.